Chapter 15, verses 15 through 28 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 15 through 20. Then answered Peter, and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand, that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Rigmigius. The Lord was used to speak in parables, so that Peter, when he heard, that which entereth into the mouth defileth not a man, thought it was spoken as a parable, and asked, as it follows, Then answered Peter, and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And because he asked this on behalf of the rest, they are all included in the rebuke. But he said, Are ye also without understanding? Jerome, he is reproved by the Lord, because he supposed that to be spoken parabolically, which was indeed spoken plainly, which teaches us that that hearer is to be blamed who would take dark sayings as clear, or clear sayings as obscure. Chrysostom, or the Lord blames him, because it was not from any uncertainty that he asked this, but from offense which he had taken. The multitudes had not understood what he had said, but the disciples were offended at it. Whence at the first they had desired to ask him concerning the Pharisees, but had been stayed by the mighty declaration, Every plant, etc. But Peter, who is ever zealous, is not silent even so. Therefore the Lord reproves him, adding a reason for his reproof. Do ye not understand, whatsoever entereth in at the mouth, goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the draught? Jerome some cavil at this, that the Lord is ignorant of physical disputation, in saying that all food goes into the belly, and is cast out into the draught, for that the food, as soon as it is taken, is distributed through the limbs, the veins, the marrow, and the nerves, but it should be known that the lighter juices and the liquid food, after it has been reduced and digested in the veins and vessels, passes into the lower parts through these passages, which the Greek call pores, and so goes into the draught. Augustine, the nourishment of the body being first changed into corruption, that is, having lost its proper form, is absorbed into the substance of the limbs, and repairs their waste, passing through a medium into another form, and by the spontaneous motion of the parts is so separated, that such portions as are adapted for the purpose are taken up into the structure of this fair visible, while such are unfit are rejected through their own passages. One part, consisting of feces, is restored to the earth to reappear again in new forms. Another part goes off in perspiration, and another is taken up by the nervous system for the purposes of reproduction of the species. Chrysostom. But the Lord, in thus speaking, answers his disciples after Jewish infirmity. He says that the food does not abide, but goes out. But if it did abide, yet would it not make a man unclean. But they could not yet hear these things. Thus Moses also pronounces that they continued unclean, so long as the food continued in them. For he bids them wash in the evening, and then they should be clean. 
calculating the time of digestion and egestion. Augustine, but the Lord includes herein man's two mouths, one of the body, one of the heart. For when he says, not all that goeth into the mouth defileth a man, he clearly speaks of the body's mouth. But in that which follows, he alludes to the mouth of the heart. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. Chrysostom, for the things which are of the heart remain within a man, and defile him in going out of him, as well as in abiding in him, yea, more in going out of him, wherefore he adds, Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. He gives these the first place, because this was the very fault of the Jews, who laid snares for him. Jerome, the principle therefore of the soul is not according to Plato in the brain, but according to Christ in the heart. And by this passage we may refute those who think that evil thoughts are suggestions of the devil, and do not spring from our own proper will. The devil may encourage and abet evil thoughts, but not originate them. And if he is able, being always on the watch to blow into flame any small spark of thought in us, we should not thence conclude that he searches the hidden places of the heart, but that from our manner and notions he judges of what is passing within us. For instance, if he sees us direct frequent looks towards a fair woman, he understands that our heart is wounded through the eye. Gloss. And from evil thoughts proceed evil deeds and evil words, which are forbidden by the law. Once he adds murders, which are forbidden by that commandment of the law, thou shalt not kill. Adulteries, fornications, which are understood to be forbidden by that precept, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thefts, forbidden by the command, thou shalt not steal. False witness, by that thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Blasphemies, by that thou shalt not take the name of God in vain. Rigmigius, having named the vices which are forbidden by the divine law, the Lord beautifully adds, These are they that defile a man, that is, make him unclean and impure. Gloss. And because these words of the Lord had been occasioned by the iniquity of the Pharisees, who preferred their traditions to the commandments of God, he hence concludes that there was no necessity for the foregoing tradition, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Chrysostom. He said not that to eat the meats forbidden in the law defiles not a man, but that they might not have what to answer to him again, he concludes in that concerning which the disputation had been. Verses 21 through 28. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Jerome, leaving the scribes and Pharisees and those cavaliers, he passes into the parts of Tyre and Sidon, 
that he may heal the Tyrenians and Sidonians. And Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. Rigmigius. Tyre and Sidon were Gentile towns, for Tyre was the metropolis of the Canaans, and Sidon the boundary of the Canaans towards the north. Chrysostom. It should be observed that when he delivered the Jews from the observance of meats, he then also opened the door to the Gentiles, as Peter was first bidden in a vision to break this law, and was afterwards sent to Cornelius. But if any should ask how it is that he bade his disciples go not into the way of the Gentiles, yet now he himself walks this way, we will answer, first, that that precept which he had given his disciples was not obligatory on him, secondly, that he went not to preach, whence Mark even says that he purposely concealed himself. Rigmigius. He went that he might heal them of Tyre and Sidon, or that he might deliver this woman's daughter from the demon, and so through her faith might condemn the wickedness of the scribes and Pharisees. Of this woman it proceeds, and behold, a woman, a Canaanite, came out from those parts. Chrysostom. The evangelist says that she was a Canaan to show the power of Christ's presence, for this nation which had been driven out that they might not corrupt the Jews, now showed themselves wiser than the Jews, leaving their own borders, that they might go to Christ. And when she came to him, she asked only for mercy. As it follows, she cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. Gloss, this great faith of this Canaanian woman is herein showed. She believes him to be God, and that she calls him Lord, and man, and that she calls him son of David. She claims nothing of her own desert, but craves only God's mercy. And she says not, Have mercy on my daughter, but have mercy on me, because the affliction of the daughter is the affliction of the mother. And the more to excite his compassion, she declares to him the whole of her grief. My daughter is sore vexed by a demon. Thus unfolding to the physician the wound, and the extent and nature of the disease. Its extent, when she says, is sore vexed, its nature by a demon. Chrysostom. Note the wisdom of this woman. She went not to men who promised fair. She sought not useless bandages, but leaving all devilish charms, she came to the Lord. She asked not James. She did not pray John or apply to Peter, but putting herself under the protection of penitence, she ran alone to the Lord. But behold, a new trouble. She makes her petition, raising her voice into a shout, and God, the lover of mankind, answers not a word. Jerome, not from pharisaical pride or the superciliousness of the scribes, that he might not seem to contravene his own decision, go not into the way of the Gentiles, for he was unwilling to give occasion to their cavils, and reserved the complete salvation of the Gentiles for the season of his passion and resurrection. Gloss, and by this delay in answering, he shows us the patience and perseverance of this woman. And he answered not for this reason also, that the disciples might petition for her, showing herein that the prayers of the saints are necessary in order to obtain anything. As it follows, And his disciples came unto him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Jerome, the disciples, as yet ignorant of the mysteries of God, or moved by compassion, beg for this Canaanian woman, or perhaps seeking to be rid of her importunity. Augustine, the question of discrepancy is raised upon this, that Mark says the Lord was in the house when the woman came praying for her daughter, 
Indeed, Matthew might have been understood to have omitted mention of the house, and yet to have been relating the same event. But when he says that the disciples suggested to the Lord, Send her away, for she crieth after us, he seems to indicate clearly that the woman raised her voice in supplication, and following the Lord who was walking. We must understand, then, that as Mark writes, she entered in where Jesus was, that is, as he had noticed above in the house, then that as Matthew writes, he answered her not a word, and during this silence of both sides, Jesus left the house, and then the rest follows without any discordance. Chrysostom. I judge that the disciples were sorry for the woman's affliction, yet dared not say, Grant her this mercy, but only send her away, as we, when we would persuade anyone, oftentimes say the very contrary to that which we wish. He answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jerome. He says that he is not sent to the Gentiles, but that he is sent first to Israel, so that when they would not receive the gospel, the passing over to the Gentiles might have just cause. Rigmigius. In this way also he was sent specially to the Jews, because he taught them by his bodily presence. Jerome. And he adds of the house of Israel, with this design, that we might rightly interpret by this place that other parable concerning the stray sheep. Chrysostom. For when the woman saw that the apostles had no power, she became bold with commendable boldness, for before she had not dared to come before his sight. But as it is said, she crieth after us. But when it seemed that she must now retire without being relieved, she came nearer. But she came and worshipped him. Jerome. Note how perseveringly this Canaanian woman calls him first son of David, then Lord, and lastly came and worshipped him as God. Chrysostom, and therefore she said not ask or pray God for me, but Lord help me. But the more the woman urged her petition, the more he strengthened his denial. For he calls the Jews now not sheep but sons, and the Gentiles dogs. He answered and said unto her, It is not meet to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Gloss, the Jews were born sons and brought up by the law in the worship of one God. The bread is the gospel, its miracles and other things which pertain to our salvation. It is not then meet that these should be taken from the children and given to the Gentiles, who are dogs, till the Jews refuse them. Jerome, the Gentiles are called dogs because of their idolatry, who, given to the eating of blood and dead bodies, turn to madness. Chrysostom, observe this woman's prudence. She does not dare to contradict him nor is she vexed with the commendation of the Jews and the evil word applied to herself. But she said, Yea, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. He said, It is not good. She answers, Yet even so, Lord. He calls the Jews children. She calls them masters. He called her a dog. She accepts the office of a dog, as if she had said, I cannot leave the table of my Lord. Jerome, wonderful are shown the faith, patience, and humility of this woman. Faith that she believed that her daughter could be healed. Patience that so many times overlooked, she yet perseveres in her prayers. Humility that she compares herself not to the dogs, but to the whelps. I know, she says, that I do not deserve the children's bread, and that I cannot have whole meat, 
nor sit at the table with the master of the house, but I am content with that which is left for the whelps, that through humble fragments I may come to the amplitude of the perfect bread. Chrysostom. This was the cause why Christ was so backward, that he knew what he would say, and would not have her so great excellence hid. Whence it follows, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee according to thy will. Observe how the woman herself had contributed not a little to her daughter's healing. And therefore Christ said not unto her, Let thy daughter be healed, but be it unto thee according to thy will, that you may perceive that she had spoken in sincerity, and that her words were not words of flattery, but of abundant faith. And this word of Christ is like that word which is said, Let there be a firmament, and it was made. So here, and her daughter was made whole from that hour. Observe how she obtains what the apostles could not obtain for her. So great a thing is the earnestness of prayer. He would rather that we should pray for our own offenses ourselves than that others should pray for us. Rigmigius. In these words is given us a pattern of catechizing and baptizing children. For the woman says not, Heal my daughter, or help me, but have mercy upon me and help me. Thus there has come down in the church the practice that the faithful are sponsors to God for their young children, before they have attained such age and reason that they can themselves make any pledge to God, so that as by this woman's faith her daughter was healed, so by the faith of Catholics of mature age their sins might be forgiven to infants. Allegorically, this woman figures the Holy Church, gathered out of the Gentiles. The Lord leaves the scribes and Pharisees and comes into the parts of Tyre and Sidon. This figures his leaving the Jews and going over to the Gentiles. This woman came out of her own country because the Holy Church departed from former errors and sins. Jerome, and the daughter of this Canaanian, I suppose to be the souls of believers, who were sorely vexed by a demon, not knowing their creator, and bowing down to stones. Rigmigius, those of whom the Lord speaks his children, are the patriarchs and prophets of that time. By the table is signified the holy scripture, by the fragments of the best precepts, or inward mysteries on which the holy church feeds, by the crumbs, the carnal precepts which the Jews keep. The fragments are said to be eaten under the table because the church submits itself humbly to fulfilling the divine commands. Rabanus, But the whelps eat not the crust only, but the crumbs of the children's bread, because the despised among the Gentiles are turning to the faith. Seek out in Scripture not the outside of the letter, but the spiritual sense, by which they may be able to profit in good acts. Jerome. Wonderful change of things. Once Israel the son, and we the dogs. The change in faith has led to a change in the order of our names. Concerning them is that said, Many dogs have come about me. While to us is said, and to this woman, Thy faith has made thee whole. Rabanus. Great indeed was her faith, for the Gentiles, neither trained in the law nor educated by the words of the prophets, straightway on the preaching of the apostles, obeyed the hearing of the ear, and therefore deserved to obtain salvation. Gloss, and if the Lord delays the salvation of a soul at the first tears of the supplicating church, we ought not to despair or to cease from our prayers, but rather continue them earnestly.
Augustine, and that to heal the centurion's servants and the daughter of this Canaan woman. He does not go to their houses, signifies that the Gentiles, among whom he himself went not, should be saved by his word. That these are healed on the prayer of their parents, we must understand of the church, which is at once mother and children. The whole body of those who make up the church is the mother, and each individual of that body is a son of that mother. Hilary, or this mother represents the proselytes, and that she leaves her own country and forsakes the Gentiles for the name of another nation. She prays for her daughter, that is, the body of the Gentiles, possessed with unclean spirits, and having learned the Lord by the law, calls him the son of David. Rabanus, also, whosoever has his conscience polluted with the defilement of any sin, has a daughter sorely vexed by a demon. Also, whosoever has defiled any good that he has done by the plague of sin, has a daughter tossed by the furies of an unclean spirit, and has need to fly to prayers and tears, and to seek the intercession and aids of the saints. End of chapter 15, verses 15 through 28.